planted into our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. Let's give him a good Bendale welcome to this pulpit again tonight. God bless you, Brother Ford. Oh, don't clap your hands for me. Clap your hands to Jesus. Come on, he's worthy. Come on, he's worthy. Let's give it unto him. He is the great I am. Oh, yeah, the keeper of our soul. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Anybody see this tie? Can anybody tell what's on it? What's on it? There's a lighthouse on the hillside still overlooks life's sea and when I'm tossed you know it still sends out a light oh it's a it's a light that I might clearly see and the light that shines in darkness now will safely lead me on if it wasn't for the lighthouse my ship would sail no more now everybody that lives around us they say just why don't you tear that old lighthouse down don't you know the big ships no they don't walk that way anymore they don't sail that way no more and there ain't no use in that old thing standing round oh but then my mind goes back to one stormy When in the nick of time, I saw a light. It was a light from that old lighthouse. And it still stands up there on a hill. God, oh, everybody sing. Oh, the lighthouse. I'm going to say it. I owe my life to. For Jesus is the lighthouse And from the rocks of sin He has shown His light around me That I might really see That if it wasn't 
today aren't you glad for somebody that would stand in the gap and make up the hedge somebody that would just walk with God somebody that would just let the light that is in them the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ that true light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world doesn't matter who he is or what walk of life he's from. doesn't matter whether he's rich or poor, whether he's agnostic, atheist, whether he's demonic or whatever. When he's born, the parents, whatever they may be, it doesn't matter. He said he lighteth, he's that light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world because only God is the creator and the giver and taker of life. There's no other creator but him, the Elohim. Jehovah, Yeshua, if you please, Jesus, the Messiah. He is the I am, the one, the true and only living God. And there is none beside him, and there is none like him. There is none his equal, and there's none his counselor. He doesn't confer with any. He decreed all things alone by himself. And we stand on the word of God alone. On a word that is unmovable, unshakable, infallible, inerrant, whatever you want to call it cannot be tainted, cannot be destroyed, cannot be changed, cannot be altered. It's forever settled in heaven. It never pass away. Look back there and I seen just at the glimpse of my eye and I done seen her, you know. That's Seen that hair, and I thought your mama was here, Jessica, just for a moment. Well, hallelujah. God's good to us, Sydney. I do have something I want to talk about that I'd like to say, and I'll try not to stay too long. I promise not to preach any longer than I pray. So that'll be somewhere under 
so much time. And uh, I don't know what the title's going to be, but we'll give it something somehow or another in a few minutes. And uh, if you got your Bible, if you would turn to start with, if you'll turn to Ecclesiastes, third chapter. How many of you? Better not try to talk out of two mics at one time. It kind of gives me a little bit of a, a noise, don't it? Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Moore Church, for being here. I know I've got a lot of stuff going on, and still, as uh, Wendy Backle said that time about Wilbur Wingate, still sniffing and snotting around because his, he put sand on his hot dog, and uh, he had to throw it in the garbage can. Little boy cried about it because Wendy never had a lunch, and that little boy always had it fine. He said he had the most beautiful weenies he had ever seen, his hot dog. And he got mad because he never would share, and he put sand on it, and he had to throw it in the garbage. And he was still, I went out there after school, after lunch, and he was still sniffing and snotting, going around. <laughs> so I, I've got a little of that going on, but if you'll bear with me, I'll try not to be too gross and. Um, my wife tells me, says, you need to be careful how you do stuff. And, you know, she's um, my, my most favorite uh, critic. Not that she's critical. It's just that uh, she helps me to know what I don't, I don't catch on myself. Let me know them wives are good for not for catching. But you can't let them know that they're right. Because we don't like it when they write. Hallelujah. Some of you ladies say amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And if I could start out here. To everything, three and one. To everything, there is a season. And a time to every purpose under heaven. And he goes in to say, and a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up, and a time to kill, a time to break down, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to cast away, a time to gather, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from that, a time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away. There's time and time and time to sow and time of speaking and time of silence, a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war and of peace. What prophet... Hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth. And he goes on and says a few more things. Then he said, he that hath made everything beautiful. He said, he hath made everything beautiful in his time. Talks, talking about, I have seen the travail which God hath given the sons of men. He said that God hath made everything beautiful in his time. Thank you. 
Also, he has set the world in their hearts so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them. Said, And then uh, let's go on down to uh, 14. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. <laughs> and God doeth it that men should fear. Everybody say, men should fear before him. That which hath been is now, that which is to be hath already been. And God requireth that which is past. In other words, those things we have for an examples for us to follow. You're not going to be without excuse for not knowing, not looking into those things that are past. He's going to require that of you. And moreover, I saw under the sun the place of judgment that wickedness was there and the place of righteousness that iniquity was there. I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. For there is a time there for every purpose and for every I wrote this down in this book, and I didn't realize I was writing on the header page. It's not really what you're supposed to be writing on. But one morning, I wrote down to everything there is time. And I wrote down, help us deal with time. And I wrote down, God is outside of And then a few days later or a week later, I wrote down, there is always purpose. So if you want to title it something, put down the purpose of time. Time. This won't talk to us about our time. Let's talk to God and just ask God to help me. Ask God to touch me so I don't uh, be, and just be able to, to, to tell what's on my heart tonight. Let's pray. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your wonderful power, your wonderful work unto the children of men. God, your wonderful works in our lives that you've allowed us to be partakers of this precious heavenly gift. God, that somehow that you looked on us and you found us and you saw us out of all the millions and millions. God, you chose us. And Lord, here we are in this place today, having opportunity and time, God, to please our God and to somehow find favor in your sight the more. 
Holy Ghost, help me to deliver my heart and your heart to deliver what you would have us to hear today. God, touch our ears, touch our hearts, touch our minds. And God, renew our spirit and change us, oh God, that we can be formed like you the more today than yesterday. In Jesus' name, Lord bless you. You may be seated. And uh, I know this is a familiar uh, scripture. You've heard it. And, uh, and I thought about when I was, <laughs> every time I read this anymore, I think of because of the times and those two goofy guys. And they done their little skit at one of the because of the times. And uh, it's hilarious. And he, he runs down, and there's a time, and now, and, uh, and talking about the preacher, it's, it, it's time for us to, uh, uh, you know, go on and to take up no more time, because we've done took up too much time. And, uh, and the preacher sometimes, he, 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 he takes too much time when he's preaching too long of time and stuff like that. And I always think of that. It's kind of funny. It's, they're a comic a duo, and they, uh, and they're just um, supposed to be preachers and all, and I, and I, they are, I guess, and all, but they're just funny, hallelujah. But, but tonight I, I, I'm not going to be funny, I don't think, but I'm, I'm trying not to be uh, too. I know I, I, I always think that I, I'm, uh, I'm a, I'm a preacher of doom and gloom of, uh, of God says and God, but you know that I told the Sunday school class this morning. That the same word that brings me salvation brings those that believe not damnation. For the word mixed not with faith profited them nothing. And so the same word that saves, the same thing that saved Noah... was the thing that brought death to the rest of the world because the water lifted him up. The water and the ark of God and the word of God, which was the ark of God, because he heard the voice of God and followed the voice of God. And so he was, he was writing and living in and on the word of God. And it lifted him above the, above the floodwaters and sustained him for about a year. Was it a year or a year and a half or something like that? I can't remember. It's a long time. I have to look it up. I can't retain all that stuff anymore like I used to. <laughs> when I was a kid, and we always had the, you know, the little Bible study things, and you'd have to remember all the answers to all the questions. They'd love to ask you about all kinds of stuff in the Bible. We used to do that a lot at Brother Pages and kept our minds sharp. But tonight I want to talk about time, and, 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 the, and the scripture I read here says to, 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 to every purpose that there is a time, and there is a season. And so when we look at, at, at time and how it starts, it's at the beginning, and, and there was chaos and the void and God steps out and says 
let there be light. And he moves upon the face of the deep and he begins to speak all that we see and we know today. He begins to speak it into existence by his voice, by his word. And uh, <laughs> now, me and you, we're not God, so we can't quite comprehend how that God in his omniscient power and glory and uh, his omnipotence that he could understand and know what was coming to pass 6,000, 7,000 years later, maybe, if it be. But there's no way that we can understand and grasp the magnitude of the wisdom and the glory and the power and the authority of our God. We think we know, but we can't, we can't quite get there. But we're always pressing, Brother Moore, and we're always looking to. And so God starts out with forming things. And we began to note that on about, I think it's the fourth day, and uh, that the third and fourth day or somewhere along in there, he creates the sun, the moon, and he made the stars also. Hallelujah. And he put them out there in the firmament, in the cosmos. He had separated waters from waters. You know the story. I didn't take the time to look at all of that. I, I spent time uh, trying to figure out how I'm going to say some things. And so I'm just shooting from the hip on some of this stuff tonight. Hallelujah. But, but, uh, but he, he, he created those things and he said, let them be for times and seasons. And the very first day when he created light, he said, and the evening and the morning were the, the first day. Now, there wasn't no sun, moon, or stars yet, and he begins to create all this stuff and the grass and herbs, and then he created the lights. And he put those things, the, the, the great light and the moon. And the moon is for times and seasons. I mean, you know that uh, because of the moon, and you look at the, the moon face, and, oh, it's a good day to hunt today. This is a good day to go fishing today. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, it's a full moon. No wonder we're having so many calls. Hallelujah. And uh, Brother Brennan, I can just see him. Full moon. Uh, yep, it's a full moon. Everybody's going crazy. Hallelujah. And so God has put them uh, in our lives for, for to rule the cosmos and the world that he created to put man. Now, uh, uh, it, the, the sixth day he took of all that he had created and from the dust of the earth. And, and he looked at all that he had created and he said, hey, you know something? There's something about this. It's, it's, it's good. Matter of fact, it's not just good. It's very good. And so he takes and he forms that man and he breathes into his nostril the breath of life. And he puts man on the sixth day right smack dab in the middle of what he's doing. And he says, I'm giving you dominion over everything that I've created as far as the beast of the field and the fowls of the air, all living things. 
But all of this other stuff, that belongs to me. But you got dominion. You can't, you can't change what it is. Or you might alter things and, you know, tinker with having a, a how many of you got something called a, a poodle doodle? Or a Sharpie poo and a, every kind of other kind of poo that you can name. They got them out there. <laughs> so man has dabbled into that kind of stuff. But when God created time, he started man out in the garden perfect and pristine. But in the plan of God, there was already set limits. Because the sun ruled by day and the moon by night. And the evening and the morning were the first day, the second day, the third day, the fourth day, and the fifth day. And the sixth day. And the seventh day God rested. And he put man in the midst of time that before had not been. Now, we're talking about God that is outside of the time. But he has created something for the man to live in that had never been before. Now, if there had been, we don't know about it. God didn't divulge that to us. All we know that in the beginning. Everybody say in the beginning. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a realist. And I'm, and I'm straight up. I believe what the word of God says. You can believe what you want to believe. But I'm going to believe what the Word of God says. All right? Hallelujah. And so, excuse me. It may take, I, may, I may be here longer than I, I, you know, I pray sometimes maybe. You, hallelujah. That would be, maybe we get at it. But, but uh, and, and, and so we put man in time and, that, and we find ourselves today, whether we want to realize it or not, that the thing that God instituted, even before Adam and Eve fell in the garden, they could have lived forever, but they were marking time all the time. Time had already began. And so Adam finds himself, furthermore, he's limited in what he can do from daylight, from the rising of the sun to the setting. And then he's a man and he can't see to, for the night cometh when no man can what? Work. And so God has placed limits on time. And so we find ourselves today, we find ourselves as, 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 as children of God, as people in the earth, we find ourselves bound by time. We know that when Adam and Eve partook of the fruit in the garden, that their lives were ended when they partook of the fruit because they were eternal beings until, but there was still time. The days were still marking. He was marking days. He said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. For the seventh day, God, all the way through the word of God, all the way through the word of God, all the way through the word of God. Jesus, they talk about, hey, your disciples, they're plucking corn. They're plucking corn on the Sabbath day. Hey, they can't do that. They're breaking the law. Your disciples are breaking the law. And you say you're somebody that knows God. That 
that God is your Father. Thou makest thyself to be God. He didn't deny it. Oh, hallelujah. And so, we see then that time starts to be their enemy. In a physical sense. And so Adam lives 900 and something years. And we see not too many. It's uh, when it runs back the genealogies of men and the second. Uh, I mean, the fifth chapter of, uh, of, of, of Genesis, and it's talking, and it says, And Enoch walked with God and was not. It don't say how many. He said he, after he begat sons and daughters, that he lived so many years, but he didn't die. He said, For he was not, for God took him because he walked with God. And then Enoch had a son that lived to be the oldest man ever recorded in the Word of God or ever recorded. Anybody know who that man is? His name is Methuselah. How many years did he live? 969 years. And so the man that walked with God and was took out of here, his son became the longest living recorded human to ever live. And then he bare a son. And that son bare a son, and his name was Noah. And the sixth chapter of Genesis, let's start at verse 1. The sixth chapter of Genesis. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and the daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took unto them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be in a hundred and twenty years. And so we see times. God is taking time. He's been beginning to put the shackles on man. He's beginning to put more limits on man. He's letting man know, hey, you're not all that you think you are. I'm in control of time. I'm standing out here on the outskirts of time, and I'm looking on the inside of time where you are. And I've got my hand in time. And my hand is working a purpose. You see, that's why the Scripture says it this way. That before the foundation, Jesus Christ was as a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Because before time began, God had the plan already in mind. Because he didn't need any more angels. He didn't need anybody else to kick their heel against him. He didn't need something that was uh, spirit. He wanted something that would commune. 
and that had a heart of flesh and had a heart of, uh, of desire that was like him and that could love like him and that could somehow just uh, reciprocate uh, a love and, and, uh, and a desire to sit in his presence and to converse and to commune and to have daily fellowship. Somebody that uh, just because they wanted to, not because they were created that way, but because I'm going to put a spirit within them. I'm going to breathe into them the breath of life and there's going to be a part of every man that cometh into the world. There's going to be a part of that light that's going to light every man. And so we see we become shackled by time. We, come, we become bound by time. And uh, we, we, as time goes on, we see the days again in Psalms. We'll look at, at Psalms 90. And we look at that. And, 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 and God is, is there telling the psalmist, It's 90 and what? I was going to read a bunch of that, but I don't think I am. But he says, well, 90 and 3 says this, Thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, Return, ye children of men. For a thousand years in my sight are but as yesterday when it is past. You notice that? For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when yesterday is past. And as a watch in the night, a thousand years. Thou carest them away as a flood. They are as a sleep in the morning. They are like grass. So he's saying a thousand years to God is just like going to sleep and awakening. He's outside of your bond. He's not bound by what you're bound by. That's why it's imperative for us to somehow get into this, this, this gospel of Jesus Christ. To get into it. Not just to be a part of it. And to sit on the fringes and to be okay with coming to church and sitting on the pew. But there's got to be something about this gospel that moves us to a place where we cannot be satisfied with normal life and living. But there's got to be something about the zeal of God that just eats us up and that moves us into prayer, into fastings, into supplication. And into intercessions with God that a world that is lost can be saved. And so he says, In the morning it flourisheth and groweth up, in the evening it cut down and withereth. For we are consumed by thine anger. Thou hast set our iniquities before, for all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. Time. You've got an allotted amount of time. 
God has purpose in your time. Everybody say my time. God has purpose in time, Brother Moore. It's not just time. There's purpose behind what he done. The purpose of time was Calvary. And the purpose of Calvary was salvation. Healing is a benefit of salvation. Am I boring y'all to death? And uh, it's a tale that's told. God's looking at our life, brother. Well, He knows. He knows. He knows. He knows. He created it. He put us in it. And uh, the days of our years are three score and ten, and if by reason of strength they be four score years or eighty, yet is their strength labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. And then 12 says, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. God gave you the Holy Ghost just to sit on a pew and while away your time and, and, and come and say, uh, whoo, I worship tonight. Boy, we had a good time, yeah? That's good. That's great. But God's got a purpose for your life. God knew this day was coming. Brother Jaron, God knew this day was coming. And he put you in this place for just the time that you're now finding yourself in and for a specific purpose. Bradenberry, he puts you in the church for a specific purpose. He's got you in it for just this time. He didn't mess up and put you in the wrong era. He didn't mess up and put you in the wrong century. You're not in somebody else's body, an old soul and a young body and all that kind of mess. No, he knows exactly what he's doing and he's got his hand in the middle of it. But you've got to allow him to put his hand on you and to lead you where he wants you to go and to say, God, whether you lead me ever so ever you would lead, I will go wherever it is. And whatever it is you want me to do, help me to be that. And when I find myself on the, on the precipice of happenings that are beyond my control, know that God has purpose in time. For to everything there is a season, to every purpose a time. A time to every purpose. And so we see his days are now cut to 70 years because of the wickedness of men. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But because of the wickedness of men, before Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, God said, I'm cutting it to 120. And then David and some of the prophets come along, and then God says, I'm cutting it to 70 years. 
Because man's way is wicked upon the earth. And I think I hear the word of God saying, except God shortened the time. It might be that the very elect may not be saved. Except he shortened those days. And so God is in control of time. And we find ourselves, Brother Moore, captured by it. We find ourselves shackled by it. We find ourselves somehow bound as though in fetters of iron. Case in point, let me tell you. I'll just tell you this. I'll use me for an example. Come down here to pray. And already I got kind of a, what, how I do stuff, right? What I, and uh, on these real hot mornings, I've been cutting the air conditioner on for about 30 minutes when it gets to around 70. And so I, I have to try to remember that I, need, I don't need to let it rain run so long because uh, I don't want to run the power bill up, but I want it to be cool when Pastor Morning gets here so that when they pray, it won't be still 84 degrees in here when I come in here. 84 degrees in this place. And so I say, whoo, man, it's hot in here. I'm going to cool it down a little bit. Pastor Moore here, he can enjoy some cool. And I cut it off and it, it kind of levels out a little bit. And, it's, and so I'm cognizant of time. You get down to pray and Brother Moore he gets here, and Brother Brennan, they, and they start praying, and I got a job. And I, there's time. Time's running away. Time's getting out of it. It's getting away from me. Time is steady. It's clicking it off. Yesterday. A month ago, two years ago, I was a young man, or so it seems. But time has a way of getting by, of slipping. And the things that we would have done for God, we find that time somehow being shackled by time. We don't have time for the thing that gave us time. And for the one that put us in time with a purpose for that time. To everything. And so uh, I'm reading my Bible, right? And I'm reading my Bible one day and, and, uh, and I noticed something. Now, uh, you know, I, I like Moses and the mountain stuff and burning with fire and thundering voices and all that stuff. Hallelujah. And, uh, and so I find for the first time a name in the book of Genesis I find a name there mentioned for the first time in Exodus 17th chapter. And 
And it's immediately following. I mean, it follows hard on the heels of them murmuring about water. You let us out here to die in the wilderness? And God said, hey, hey, you get some of the elders. He said, I'll go before you, and I'm going to stand up on the rock. He said, and you take that rod that you smoked the waters, that parted the waters. He said, and you smite the rock in the face before the elders of Israel and before all of Israel. He said, and I'm going to stand on that rock. You smite that rock, and I'm going to cause water to come out. And so they murmured at the waters of strife, but God sent them water. And they called the name of the place Meribah Masah because of the chiding of the children of Israel. And they tempted the Lord, saying, Is God among us or not? The next verse says, Then came Amalek. Brother, they hadn't been in a skirmish yet. They hadn't been in any kind of battle that I know of. But Amalek comes up. And fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said unto him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when his hands dropped or when he let down his hands, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. When time for fighting was run out. And Joshua discomfited or defeated and weakened Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, write this for a memorial in the book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. For I will utterly put out remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar there and calls it Jehovah Nisi. And so here we see a young man that, Brother Moore, I don't know how it was that that. Moses came about to pick him out that day, except that God had a purpose for Joshua. And the man Moses was instead of God to the children of Israel. And Aaron was instead of a prophet. Y'all remember that, right? And, uh, and so Moses says, by the inspiration of God and by the foreknowledge and wisdom of God, he said, hey, hey, Josh, you get out there and you fight with Amalek. And so we see for the first time the name Joshua upon the pages of the word of God. But then just a little while later, after Moses has gone to the mountain and that Moses has... Uh, 
has somehow, even with Joshua, gone up. Now, if you'll notice, the first time Joshua goes with Moses up the mount. But the next time he says, you're going to go by yourself and nobody's going with you. But the, but the man Joshua is sort of like uh, 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 Elisha with Elijah in a sense. If I, if I could kind of put it that way, that they said about Elisha that he poured hand, water on the hands of Elijah. And he has the spirit of Elijah is upon him. Because the mantle fell and he took that mantle and the waters parted just like they parted for Elijah. And so it is that Joshua finds himself in a time of Israel's life, in the promised seed of God. He finds himself being pushed to the forefront of what God is going to do in the church of God in the wilderness. He finds himself being pushed and orchestrated in time by a timeless God. Placing him in a place where that God can mold him. And God can make him. And God can give him insight. And let him be with the man of God. And let him experience something that the man of God has in his, in his essence about him. That God has put upon the man Moses. The meekest man upon the earth. But a man that God spoke to. And talk to and commune with. And Joshua is there with him on the mount. He comes down, he says, Hey, Mo. God says, Get down, get down in a hurry. He said, I'm finna kill every one of that dirty, rotten bunch down there. Put it in Bendale terms, you know. That bunch of backsliding, hypocritical, no good for nothing, out of worshiping demons. And uh, Josh said, hey, I hear the sound of battle. (laughs) Moses said, no, it's not the sound, but it's joy of merrymaking that I hear, of singing. And he goes down and with the tables of God in his hand, the stones, the tablets of stone. God had hewn out with his own hand and wrote with his own finger. Written front and back. When he saw the diabolical idolatry they had given themselves over to in such a short time, he cast down those precious stones. Look, I don't care what comes your way. I don't care what may cost you, but don't you ever cast away the word of God. Don't ever cast away the word of God. You keep it in your hands. You keep it in your heart. And you keep it in your bosom. Because it's the only thing that's going to keep you when the day of trouble comes. Hey, if you can't contend, if you can't tend with the 
contend with the footmen and with the things that are happening in this world in this life right now I don't know what you're going to do it says in the swelling of Jordan I don't know what you're going to do in the day of the horsemen and the battle that rages with the horsemen there's coming times that's not just walking and it's not just running but there's horses and chariots and there's a swelling of Jordan that will magnify itself against you except the presence of God be in you and with you and the ark of God be in your presence signifying that God is with you the word of God is in you and the Holy or the Holy Ghost is in you because there is no difference uh, getting into that and so And it's an amazing thing to me. Now, look, 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 look. I'm going to stop right here. I don't know how long. Uh, it's 746. I don't know what time I started. Have I been going 40 minutes? Is that right? Lord have mercy. Okay. Uh, let me get done. Uh, hallelujah. Praise God. Although I got another hour or so. And you can do whatever, you know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel good right now. Hallelujah. But, 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 but God... But God has placed us here for this time, brother Moore, and, and we are essential in the kingdom of God, whether we realize it or not. God can do without you. He don't want to. Calvary. Think about it. He's God. Calvary. Oh, I'm just going to let the devil have his way and he's going to take everybody to hell and nobody's going to be saved. Calvary! I went there and you think I'm going to allow him to have preeminence? Not happening any time on my watch. Not ever. It never has and never will. Purpose in time. And so Joshua, I'm reading my Bible and I'm, and I'm looking at the 30, finally I'm in the 33rd chapter. And Moses has stepped in and he took the place of Israel and says, God, blot out my name if you're not going to, blot out my name if you're not going to save your people. And so the true heart of a pastor and a man of God is showing his forth. And, and Joshua is looking on. Joshua's looking on. And the Lord said to Moses, depart and go up hence thou and the people. That thou hast brought out of the land of Egypt to the land which I swear unto Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, say unto thee, and thy seed will I give it. And he's going to send an angel. He's going to drive out all the inhabitants unto a land flowing with milk and honey, this stiff-necked people. He said, for I will not go up in the midst of thee, for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. And when the people heard these evil tidings, they mourned. And no man put 
did put on him his ornaments. For the Lord had said unto Moses, Say unto the children of Israel, You are a stiff-necked people. I will come up in the midst of thee in a moment, consume thee. Therefore now put off thy ornaments from thee, that I may know what to do with thee. You want to put ornaments on yourself, and you think it's all right to have that mess? Go right ahead. God ain't going to commune or confer about anything in your life as long as you have those ornaments about you. Because every time they had them on and they break them off, they became idols and they worshipped it. Not once, but every time. You do what you want to with it. You say what you want to. You deck yourself out with it if you want to. Your chances of making heaven are really slim and none. I'm not God. I'm not the final judge. But I'm just telling you according to what I read in the word of God that they buried the gold that before he could even meet his brother Esau and before he could go out of that land, he had to bury those gods and the gold and silver under the oak there before he went to the house of God, before he could get to Bethel. They had to get rid of those things. It's a stumbling block. And so here we see that they're, they're, they're rightly so that they mourn no man. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it. Now we see that Moses had got the plans, but there was no tabernacle yet built. But Moses built a temporary tabernacle. It seems to me here that he has built him, they built them a, a tent and a tabernacle. It says... And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. And it came to pass when Moses went out unto the tabernacle, that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent's door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. Everybody else was standing in the door looking and watching waiting to see what would become of the man, Moses. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face. As a man speaketh unto his friend. I don't know about you, but I, I talk to God, and, I, and I, I'm very unconventional in, when I'm praying here. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not, like I said, you probably think I'm just as weird as all get out. He don't even know how to pray. I don't care. I'm trying to find God. I would love. I don't know if I can handle it, but I would just kind of like to talk face to face. Maybe one time. What do you think that might have been like, Brother Moore? You ask for what you want. 
I'm going to ask for what I want. Because I'm beginning to understand that God has a purpose for my time. And he's going to work out that purpose in my life if I'll submit myself to him. And if I'll be willing and obedient, I'm going to eat the good of the land. And God's going to do wonderful and marvelous things because he put me in his kingdom for his purpose in his time. It's not my time. My time belongs to God. It's his time. I hope I'm making sense. And so... A man Joshua or Moses is he's a man it's as he he's talking face to face as to God as a man and to his friend and he turned again into the camp but his I want you to I want you to look what this says I've never noticed that all this come from that one little phrase right there But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And so you've got an allotted amount of time that's purposed in your time. But it matters how you spend it. It matters whether or not that you're going to, because it said that they needed anything from God, they went to that tabernacle after he first erected it. But it said that Moses began, and they just stood in their tents and watched him. No man was going. But evidently, the man Joshua, there was something that God had already put in him, that when Moses went in, he went in with him. And when Moses was talking face to face with God, the man Joshua was standing by and he was listening and he was looking on and he was picking up hey hey God and God was giving him another spirit he's given him a spirit not like unto the rest of the congregation but he said there's got to be somebody that's got to take up the mantle after Moses is gone and there's a young man in his midst that has a desire that will walk with me that when he goes into the land and spies it out he don't see giants he sees something he sees an asset that God has given them and he sees victory 
victory and he sees the glory of God and he sees the promise of God and he sees the power of God and he sees the mighty hand of God working and destroying all their enemies and possessing the promise. But he lingered yet and I started to call it lingering in God's presence young men and ladies now look You want God to use you, you want to find, you want to curry favor with God. Attach yourself to the man of God. Attach yourself to his ways. Well, you think he's all that? No, it's got nothing to do with it. He's God's man and God chose him. I do know what he will do. If you say something about it, who is that? Cody Marks or one of them? Heal her now! God put leprosy on Sister Marion. And I think the message was Miriam matters. Because without Miriam, Moses may have never been what he should have been. But like I'm saying tonight, I'm trying to tell us that there's a purpose. Well, I don't think my, it doesn't matter what you think about your own life. You let God lead your life. That's why you got to give up the reins to him. And until you do, you will never, ever be saved. You can fake it. You can buck and you can jive and run and, and all of that kind of stuff, but God knows the difference. But you know what he's wanting, Brother Moore? He's wanting a young man somewhere to say, I'm going to attach myself to the house of God. And when the man of God comes in there, whew, hallelujah. I'm going to see if I can't be like that. I want to see if I can't hear that voice that he hears. I want to see if I can't pick up what he's picking up. I want to see if I can't get into that same into that same flow of the Holy Ghost, and that I can, if I if I could just somehow get to where he is, if I could hear what he's hearing, if 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 if, if I could just get myself over what I am. Time is. Swiftly running away from you. And so it says, And the young man, Joshua, departed not out of the tabernacle. And the Lord said unto, and Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me.
My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. He said, and if thy presence go not, I won't go up hence. So Moses goes, and for 40 days and 40 nights, he doesn't drink water alone on the mount this time. And it took 40 days and 40 nights for God to finish what he was given to Moses and for Moses to hew out two tablets of stone and to write the word of God on them again. And he said he was out without food or water. And so we see the man Joshua, Brother Moore. Now everything that Moses is doing, he's right there and God is telling Moses, tell Joshua. And uh, hey, you know what, Mo? He said, you can't go over. He said, but I tell you what you do. You get Joshua and you and the elders and you come before the priest, you and the priest. You and the priest get, and you bring him in the midst of the priest, and y'all get it, and you lay your hands on Joshua, and you confer or transfer this power or this authority to lead the children of Israel into the promised land, for Joshua shall lead them over. And it's this man, Joshua, because that he gave himself in the time that was allotted him. He gave himself unto God. And he lingered in the presence of God. And he took, he took advantage of the time that he had with Moses to learn about the God of Moses, of Isaac, Abraham, and Jacob. He wanted to know about this Jehovah God. And so he took it upon himself to put himself in a place where God could use him. I'm telling you, young men, it's no time for you to waste around. Me and Pastor Moore, I feel it all the time. It's on me. I can't help it. But there's got to be something out of us that we can instill in your spirit that says, I'm not going to back up one inch from what I've been taught. I'm not going to turn tuck tail and run at the first sign of a fight. But there's a backbone in me. I'm going to stand in the gap. I'm going to make up the hedge. I'm going to speak the word of God. I'm going to stand in the truth. And I'm not going to waver at all. But I'm going to be strong in the power of his might. It's not about all the fancy trappings, Brother Moore. It ain't all about all. It's about the genuine power of God. And what you can muster between your two ears to believe God for. It's this, it's this Joshua that God puts in his spirit and tells them, hey, Josh, you tell those old priests to get that ark on their shoulder. He says, I know, I know the river Jordan, it's fully flooded. It's at high stage. He said, but when their feet touch that water, whoo, 
When their feet touch that water, because they're bearing the presence of God. They're bearing the ark of God. That inside is the word of God. It's Aaron's rod that budded and had almonds overnight on it, a dry rod. It's got the golden pot of manna that he fed them with throughout their generations. It had it in there. It showed the miraculous and the provision. It showed the glory and the word of God that is forever settled in heaven and will never pass away. It's the rock unmovable. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is the power of the worlds to come. It is a name that is above every name. It is the name of Jesus. At which every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. It is all that you need. But there is a need. For Joshua. The impossibles are going to live forever. They say. Well, you know what they say. That a church that it'll last for and revival can only be sustained. Hey, I don't care what they say, and I don't care what the current statistics is that says what it says. Here's what I do know, that when he comes back for this last tree, when he comes back for this church at the last day, that that tree that was eaten down to the stub, the, his great army that he sent among them, the Joel seed, when he comes back, it's going to be the tree that they started eating on. But they're going to regurgitate all of that stuff back up, and God's going to put it all back together. And it's going to be the exact representation of the church that Jesus Christ left when he, they saw him ascended into heaven on a cloud. It's going to be with authority. It's going to be with power. And this them that do know their God. I said them that do know their God. They shall do exploits. They shall be strong. But it's because that in their time they took time to purpose that they're going to walk with God. Musicians come. I'm through. I'm done. Somebody come. Give us hope. Nobody here? All right. I'll sing Occupeller. Hallelujah. Brother Ford, you can't even sing. A while ago, you, had, you barely talked it out. So, hallelujah. Give us a break. <laughs> hallelujah. Praise God. If you want to, you stand. Ladies, girls, young girls. There's got to be a Ruth. There's got to be a Ruth. There's got to be some Naomi's that knows the way of God and the ways of God and how to put the plan of God. Let the elder women teach the younger. Do I have any more sons in my... Why don't you go? He said, no. But Ruth said, no. Naomi, I'm not going back. He said, well, thou goest, I will go. 
where thou liest, I will lie, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. And thy God, my God. I don't know what about Naomi it was. But Brother Moore, sometimes we don't even realize. And everybody else may not see it. But there's a Ruth. Ladies, there's a Ruth. There's a young lady that's looking. And they're saying... I want to be that. I want to be that. Oh, you went out gleaning today. Oh, my daughter. Oh, my, my. Oh, 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 oh well, whose field? Oh, I, I, I gleaned in one field of a, a one called. My, you got. Whew, oh, as much as you got, I would have figured you was scattering with the gatherers, uh, the first of the fruit, the, the best of the harvest, uh, or even maybe even better than that. How, I, I lit on the field of one Boaz. Oh, oh, he's a near kinsman, just by chance. Time and chance happeneth to one and all, huh? But from the very beginning, God saw a David, a man after his own heart, a king of Israel, a king over the people, that he would come after his lineage. And he was setting it up before the foundation of the world. And he saw a little Moabitish woman by which means he could graft in Moabites also. And so instructions was given to her how to conduct herself, what to do. It says, and he will not let the sun go down till he has accomplished and done what is needed to do to be thy kinsman redeemer. He's going to buy you in the field. He's going to buy everything that was eliminates. He's going to purchase it all. Even you, Ruth. He'll take you to wife. And so because she listened to instruction. Are you listening? And because she would listen to instruction, she bare a child of Boaz after they were married. He raised up seed to Naomi and Elimelech. The name of the child was Obed, who had a child whose name was Jesse, who had a child whose name was you guessed it, David. All because willing to hear instruction. What I, what 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 a kind of you know this the whole thing was. I, I just I just kind of wanted to know. I just kind of want to know is is there anybody that would just want to linger in the presence of God for a while? 
I wonder if it's too much anymore to ask of us and of ourselves just to, just to linger in, 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 in the presence of God. To have your eyes and your goals set on not things in this world, but things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Because time is waiting on no man. I think it's the 10th chapter, I think, of Revelation. It says that the angel shall come and shall place one foot on the land and one on the sea. And shall declare and say that time shall be no more. Are you willing to let your time run out? Because in that new Jerusalem city, Sister Moore, there's not going to be any more time. Time is done away already. It's, it's done. There's, no, there's not going to be any. The, the moon will be the sun, the sackcloth of ashes, and the stars shall refuse to shine, and they shall be cast like unrightly fixed to the ground. He said, and there shall be no need of the sun or the moon or the stars, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. No more time. No more time. But today, if we're not careful, the very thing that God has shortened to save us, Brother Moore, will allow it to damn us. Because we don't realize that we wild away our time. I just, one more scripture just come to my mind and I want to read it. I started reading out started out reading from the book of the preacher there's 12 chapters in that book 12 and 1 says it like this remember now the creator in the days of thy youth while the evil days come not nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say I have no pleasure in them And it goes on and it talks about getting old. It said, In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble and the strong men shall bow themselves and the grinders cease because they are few. You lost your teeth. 
and your eyes and doors shall be shut in the streets when the sound of grinding is low and can't hear and the voice of the bird and the daughters of music shall be brought low and when they the eyes are dim and the mourners go the preacher sought to find out acceptable words verse 10 and that which was written was upright in words of truth the words of the wise are as goads and as nails fastened by the master of assemblies which are given from one shepherd. And further, by these, my son, be admonished. Of making of many books there is no end, and much study is the weariness of the flesh. Then he says, so let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. And so God tonight has afforded you this time and opportunity for you to elect in your life the purpose of God. You're on the potter's wheel, brother Moore. I, I understand you're on, and that's oh, that's the beauty of the love and the grace of God. Is that if you if you can't quite seem to get up to what was, and you miss the mark a little bit, and you're marred, he he just says he takes the clay and makes it another vessel. He'll just make it something that seemeth good to the potter. You don't have to be the first in line all the time. You don't have to be the one that's, if you've got to have your name in the spotlight, you're probably missing out. You're, you're probably out of the will of God. So tonight I'm just wondering, is there anybody that would like to just talk to God about, I, I, I just want to be used in the kingdom. I, I just want to linger in the presence of God. I don't care about what anybody else thinks. I know there's 10 of them other dudes, and they're all against us. Said, but we're able, we're well able to take the land. Hey, it's never too late to say, God, here I am, a willing vessel. Take me, use me, mold me, make me. God's looking for a few. He's like the Marines. He's looking for a few good men. And you talk about the strong It's the men of God and the children of God. Pride and arrogance is gone. But when we boast, we boast in the glory and the presence. We boast in our God. Would you talk to Him today? Would you just talk to Him? Would you just talk to Him? He's listening. He's listening. He's listening. Where faith is, everything is possible. I said where faith is, everything is possible. There's no mountain too high. 
There's no mountain too wide or valley too deep that you can't surmount, that you can't go through and over, that you can't go through.